before I read my scripture passage, I want to say very thankful to all of you, to all of you who put the music together for this service. It's a blessing to everyone who comes here to be able to enjoy such wonderful worship and praise on this Thanksgiving Day. So we appreciate time and work and effort you put into organizing that. Our scripture passage this Thanksgiving morning is 1 Peter chapter 1. Verse 17 through 23 can be found in your pew Bible on page 1,887. I'm going to start the reading in verse 13 and read all the way to verse 25. So hear now the reading of God's holy word. Therefore, prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus Christ is revealed. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. We're also going to be looking at Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 13. It can be found in the back of your green salt hymnals on page 20. This morning I will read both the questions and the answers because we're going to be focusing more on question and answer 34 than we are going to be looking at. Question and answer 33. This is Lord's Day 13. Concerning Jesus, why is he called God's only begotten Son when we also are God's children? Because Christ alone is the eternal natural Son of God. We, however, are adopted children of God, adopted by grace through Christ. And why do you call him our Lord? Because, not with gold or silver, but with his precious blood. He has set us free from sin and from the tyranny of the devil and has bought us, body and soul, to be his very own. It's the teaching of the catechism. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, help us to see and to grasp the reason for our thankfulness. The reason for our thankfulness, for our even being able to acknowledge the thankfulness 
to you is found at our purchase from the dominion of sin and darkness and being brought into the kingdom of Christ, your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. There's a story of a, an event that happened at a slave auction. At these slave auctions, obviously, uh, human beings made in the image of God would be placed up on a pedestal, and then people would bid for these people to purchase. That's an evil thing, of course, but there's a story of where this one slave market, this woman was being sold. She was being auctioned off. And a man who was there in the slave market, he overheard two men who were interested in purchasing her, talking about what they would do to her. And they were not good things. And so this man, he outbids these gentlemen, and he purchased this woman as his slave. But she doesn't speak his language. She doesn't know what's going on. All she thinks is that something bad is going to happen to her, that she's now been purchased and that she's now going to be hurt. She's now going to be abused. So he's trying to bring her to the place where he's going to finalize this purchase, and she's kicking and she's screaming and she's saying, I don't want to go. And finally, when he gets to this place where he's going to finalize this purchase, he, he, he makes the purchase in full, and there's someone there who can translate for him, and he tells this man to tell this woman, you're free. I've purchased your freedom. You're free to go. And this woman, who was at this point, up to this point, kicking and screaming all the way to this place where he, he finally made this purchase to set her free, to give her back her freedom, now then turns to him, gets down on her knees and says, I want to serve you. Freely, I want to serve you. I want to go where you're going. The idea that you get here, isn't it? Is that the kind of man who would purchase her and who would redeem her, who would ransom her, who would give her back her freedom, that's the kind of man that she would want to be servant to. And what we have here in our scripture passage this morning in 1 Peter and what's being taught to us in question and answer 34 of the Heidelberg Catechism is very much like that. I've entitled the sermon this morning, The Reason for Our Thankfulness. Yes, exactly. The Reason for Our Thankfulness. And the theme this morning is we are thankful because we have been redeemed. We are thankful because we have been redeemed. And we're going to look at our passage in three points. The redemption, the redeemer, and the redeemed. Now, oftentimes when we hear the word 
redemption nowadays, we think of it in terms of Christian language, Christianese. It means salvation. But here in Peter's message to these Christians in 1 Peter, when he says in verse 18, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed. The Greek underlining that is actually the same thing that we say about ransom or redemption. It's the same language that would have been used in that time to speak of a slave market purchase, a redemption, a ransom, a payment that is made. And what Peter is saying here to these Christians, these new Christians living in this world, suffering and undergoing persecution, is this. You know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your forefathers. Peter is saying, there was an empty way of life for you. There was an empty way of life that you had before you came to know Jesus Christ. It was a way that was passed down from generation to generation. It's the way of death. It's the way of sin. It's the way of darkness. It's the way that us as human people, left to our own devices, will choose the path of destruction, the path of self-centeredness, of selfishness. And Peter is calling on this Old Testament language because he almost wants these Christians to understand that what has happened and them becoming redeemed, purchased is very much like what happened to Father Abraham, right? In the land of Ur, the Chaldeans, God speaks to him. And he says, you're going to leave the ways of your forefathers, the pagan beliefs, the belief that all these other false gods will bring you pleasure and bring you all the happiness and joy and peace that you need, and you're going to follow me. And the same thing has happened to these Christians that Peter's writing to. He says, you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed from the empty way of life, handed down to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. The redemption price for us The slave market price for us to redeem us from the dominion of the devil. The tyranny. The harsh rulership of the devil. Was the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, when Peter says you are purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ, he's not saying that the blood of Jesus is some sort of mystical, magical potion that was somehow poured out, what he's talking about is the life of Jesus. It was given. It was the price paid. And it was paid in blood. It was paid in blood. And the only reason that that purchase meaned anything... The only reason that that purchase went through to redeem us from the slave market of sin and Satan. Because Jesus Christ 
was a lamb without blemish or defect. Here, Peter, once again, is drawing on Old Testament language. He's saying that Jesus is like all of the animals that were brought to the temple and the tabernacle to be sacrifices. And there was one requirement of these animals. These animals could not have blemish or defect. They had to be pure. And Jesus was being pointed to in those animals. That all those animals that needed to be pure, without blemish or without defect, were actually saying that there is a greater sacrifice that is going to come. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who is the only sinless man to have ever walked this world. And who then died as a punishment for our sins. The redemption is the price paid in blood. And the answer to why do we call Jesus our Lord in the catechism is because not with gold or silver, but with his precious blood, he set us free from sin and from the tyranny of the devil. Almost a direct quotation from 1 Peter chapter 1 that we're looking at this morning. But what about the Redeemer? We've already been told in verse 19 that he's Christ, the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. But Peter goes on to talk more about this Jesus who is our Redeemer. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. What Peter here is speaking of is that it was God's plan, always God's plan before the creation of the world, that we would be redeemed in Christ. It's what Paul speaks of in Ephesians chapter 1 when he says that in him, that is in Christ, you were chosen before the foundation of the world. But there is a priority of choosing, a choosing of Christ comes first. Christ as the redeemer of God's people. Christ as the one who had purchased with his blood our salvation. The words here that are profound to me that speak of the reason for our thankfulness are right here. He was chosen, that is, Christ was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. For your sake. Peter speaks to persecuted Christians in the first century. And he says that a lot of redemptive history has come up to this point where Jesus would be revealed as the Son of God. Come and live and die. And that it happened in this time and in this way for your sake. So that you could see that it's always been God's plan. In fact, in the book of Revelation, it speaks of the vision of the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? Same language used here in 1 Peter, right? It's that before the world was even created, in God's sight, Christ was the one that would die for our sins. Before the world was even created, Jesus was the lamb who was slain. 
the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. Jesus, the Lord. And we're told of this Lord, our Lord, Jesus Christ, that it's through him we believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. So that we're told that when we believe in Jesus, when we see Jesus as our Lord, when we see Jesus as the one who purchased us and redeemed us, we're actually believing in Jesus, through Jesus, in God. So our faith and our hope are in God. The redemption is the price paid in blood. The Redeemer is Jesus, the Lord. Here in question and answer 34, it says of Jesus that he's bought us, body and soul, to be his very own. And that's why here at the end I want to speak about the redeemed. We're the redeemed. Those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, we're the redeemed. And what are we called to do with knowing the redemption price, the ransom price of our salvation that has brought us out of the dominion of the devil, of the tyranny of Satan and sin? That price was paid in blood and that Jesus the Lord who was chosen before the foundation of the world to be our Redeemer. What's our response to that? Once again, the sermon this morning is the reason for our thankfulness. What's the reason for our thankfulness? And I said we're thankful because we have been redeemed. The Christian people, of all people, have the proper direction of thankfulness. A proper orientation of thankfulness. And Peter speaks here of what our response is to be. Verse 17, he says, Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers, exiles here in reverent fear. The concept of fear of God is one that's not often popularized today in our culture because it comes with a connotation of unloving. The fear of God is an Old Testament theme that is not meant to be seen in contrast to love of God. Fear of God is a respect for God, a reverence for Him. An understanding that he is holy. An understanding that his ways are not our ways. Fear of God in the book of Proverbs is the beginning of wisdom. And we're told in the New Testament all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are found in Jesus Christ. So we're called to have a reverent fear towards God. But also in verses 22 through 23, Peter says, Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. 
What Peter speaks of here is a call to us to have gratitude, thankfulness, to live lives of gratitude and thankfulness to Jesus Christ. And what that looks like, what that looks like is fearing God, respecting, reverencing Him, following Jesus, loving one another. Fearing God, following Jesus, loving one another. Too bad I couldn't find another F in there. Alliterations are good. I want us to think about what is said here in question and answer 34. We call him Lord because we were purchased with his precious blood and he set us free from the tyranny of the devil and has bought us body and soul to be his very own. These words very much so echo a portion of Lord's Day 1, question and answer 1 of the Heidelberg Catechism. It says, he's fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and set me free from the tyranny of the devil. But the last portion of question and answer one is what I want us to look at because it tunes us into what I mean by saying that we're called to a life of thankfulness. A life of thankfulness is equivalent to saying a life of obedience, but not an unwilling obedience, not a teeth-gritting obedience, an obedience that comes from knowledge of the fact that we undeservingly have been saved by God's grace. Like that slave woman whose freedom was purchased and who then willingly wanted to serve that man the rest of her life, to go where he went, This is what it says at the end of question and answer one about our only comfort in life and in death. Because I belong to him, Christ, by his Holy Spirit, assures me of eternal life and makes me wholeheartedly willing and ready from now on to live for him. We're thankful because we have been redeemed. The redemption was the price paid in love, paid in blood. The Redeemer was Jesus, our Lord, and the redeemed are called to a response of thankful living, thankful obedience for the salvation that we've received in Jesus Christ. The question is, are we living that thankful life? I'm not saying perfectly. We can't do it perfectly, obviously. We stumble. We stutter. We putter. We go a little and we go back. We go a little and we go back. But this morning, what I want us to do is call us back to that. And not in a burdensome way, but in a way that recognizes our motivation comes from knowing that we have been redeemed, that we have been purchased, 
that we have been saved and it's none of our doing. And it's not deserving what we have received. And that we have been given a salvation. We have been given a spirit that makes us wholeheartedly willing and ready to live for Jesus. On this Thanksgiving day, may we know that we're thankful because we have been redeemed, purchased by the precious blood of Christ. May we strive from this day forward to live thankfully obedient to the Lord who has redeemed us, purchased us, and called us his own. Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. May we know you. May we see you. May we love you. May we live for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.